As we continue in the book of Acts, probably the most prominent aspect of the early church was their, what we call their spiritual power and their authority. When you read through the book of Acts, and I trust that you're managing to read a chapter a day, I'm certainly doing it, and believe me, it inspires you uh, for what church is meant to be like and inspires you about miracles, the power of God, breakthroughs and answers and everything that God is going to do and wants to do in and through our lives. So um, it's, uh, what I want to look at today is that one of the most important uh, uh, truths that I believe needs to be restored um, to, the, to the body of Christ is the, the authority of the believer, what we call the authority of the believer and our authority over the enemy. And the reason is this, what we need to understand this is that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and, and forces of darkness. And so uh, if we are to do well in the battle of life, as it were, we do need to know how to fight against these forces of darkness. We need to know how to use spiritual weapons. And I wonder how good you are at that or how you've developed in that. Um, some say, well, count me out. This is not for me. Well, folks, that just won't work because the devil is not going to let you go because you say, count me out. See, it says in 1 Peter 5 verse 8, be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking for, looking for someone to devour. He's seeking for you. He's looking for you and every one of us. So he doesn't say, well, because you say, look, I'm not interested in spiritual warfare. Oh, well, the devil said, I'm going to leave you alone. No, he's not. In fact, in fact you'll be more of a target because you'll be easy pickings. <laughs> so we've got to be very conscious that we are in this battle and we need to know how to fight. You know, we just can't run away. We can't be a wimp and sort of think, I, I don't want to be engaged in all this kind of thing. And uh, we, we, we need to, you need to pray this prayer, God, teach me to fight. God, make me a fighter. Go and say it with me. God, make me a fighter. You know, and how do you learn to fight? How do you develop spiritual weapons of war? You develop them through, or through your own personal prayer life, but also through, through our prayer meetings, through our hour of power meetings, through a half night of prayer. That's where you learn how to use spiritual weapons of war. So when the enemy comes at you, you know how to beat him. You know how to fight him. You know how to win victories in Jesus' name. So we really achieve anything in life unless we face an obstacle. You know, to build any muscle, you need resistance. I mean, a lot of people ask me where I got these biceps from. And it's, you just, you've got to go to the gym and get resistance and you build up your muscle. So you've got to have a fight in order to develop some muscles. And the bad news is, Life is one big fight. Has anyone else discovered that? It's one big fight. You know, welcome to the real world, folks. You know, the sin-sick, broken world. It's, it's a battle, battle royal almost from start to the very end. And so a casual, lukewarm Christian faith will not work because you'll just get taken out. Uh, it, you, it's like, it's like you're, you're going into the forefront of the battle with inadequate armor. Yeah. What's going to happen? 
you will get smashed. We've got to learn how to fight. We've got to develop spiritual warfare in our hearts. And one of the things that we need to know is that battles are always won before the battle comes. Before the army takes the field. Before a sports team takes the field. You've heard me speak about that. You know, the, the battle is won in the preparation the day before, the month before, the year before, the years before, as you've developed yourself and you're ready to take the field and fight what you have to fight. We know that David defeated Goliath, not when he faced Goliath, but he defeated him when he beat the, uh, the lion and he'd already beaten a bear, defeated the bear. So when he came and faced Goliath, he had developed enough fight within him to take on Goliath and bring Goliath down. If you continue to prepare yourself spiritually and, uh, and you know, grow in spiritual warfare, you don't need to fear any fight you'll ever face. You need to not fear any Goliath that will come against you because you'll be well equipped and well prepared to deal with the enemy in Jesus' name. But you've got to get the training in. You've got to develop the muscle. You, you can't wait till the battle comes. It's like the All Blacks saying, well, we'll just take the field when it's the World Cup. We're not going to do any training. We're not going to do any practice. We know they have lost. Sometimes we can be the same. So we've got to grow in understanding spiritual warfare. So in our trials, guess what's happening? God's preparing us for future battles. So don't resent the trial you're facing right now. Develop some muscle through it because there are bigger battles to come. But you'll be ready for them. We don't live in fear of what may be ahead. You know, as we've been pursuing the power of God, which is, who's been enjoying this series? It's just amazing. And uh, what's happening is we're now starting to see a lot more of God's power take place. So recently, uh, a lady went to uh, the dentist and they took an x-ray and there was serious tooth decay. And so they had to go back to the dentist a while later. And the dentist opens up the mouth and you know how they do, they prod and poke and that, and you know, you know, put pain into you. I think they enjoy that, I like. <laughs> you know what it's like? You know the murder house we used to call it? And anyway, poked and prod and couldn't find anything. So he said to the lady, are you sure this is the tooth that was decayed. Yes, it is. He said, well, I'm going to take another x-ray. Took another x-ray, no decay. Wow. And no charge for the dentist's visit because there was nothing to do. Come on, give God a hand. The, the... God, God is starting to work. So I want you to come with me, and I'm going to tell you a number of stories today, all right, just so that you, your, your faith for the power of God increases more and more. Let's go to Acts chapter 3 and verse 6, a very interesting little part. You know the lame man at Gate Beautiful, okay, and he can't do anything, he can't walk or anything, and he looks to Peter and John, he wants some money, and they say in verse 6, uh, then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have, say with me, what I do have, uh, this is a key point. I give you, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Now, Peter and John were unschooled, ordinary men, and, men, and they didn't have much going for them, weren't educated, but they did have something that prefer, Peter refers to, but what I do have. He said, I don't have all this stuff, but what I do have. And Peter knew that what he did have 
was enough to heal the lame man and get him to stand up and walk in Jesus' name. So here's a question for us today. What do you have? I don't want you to focus on what you don't have because that list is endless. But what do you have? What has God given you? Because once you know what you do have, you're going to find out it is enough to see miracles and breakthroughs and answers to prayer. So we've got to ask the question, what do I have? What do you have? Thankfully, the Bible answers it. We can't give you all the answers, but there are many answers that we can give you. Let me just give you a couple. Micah 3 verse 8 says, I, say it with me, I am full of power by the Spirit of the Lord. That's what you have. That's right. You are full of power. Yes. See, friends, we've got to begin to acknowledge what we have. Right. If you don't acknowledge what you have, you'll never walk in what you have. Because you, you, it's almost like you ignore it. Well, what else do you have? Luke 10 verse 19. It, so it's what has God given you? I have given you. What has God given you? Say it with me. Authority to trample on saints and scorpions and overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will by any means harm you. So we have authority. We are full of power. So friends, you've got to keep asking, what do I have? No, I don't have this. I don't have that. I don't have But what I do have, friends, is more than enough. And we could give you many, many scriptures on this. Genesis 1.26. God said, let us make man in our own image after our own likeness. Let them have dominion. <laughs> so you've got power, you've got authority, you've got dominion. I ask the question, what more do you need? What's our problem? We don't acknowledge what we do have. We don't develop what we do have. We don't have faith in what we do have. And so we don't walk in what we have and walk around like we got nothing. So we just go in the first half of the verse and say, well, silver or gold, I don't have. Uh, skill, I don't have. Leadership, I don't have. I, I don't. No, no, no. I don't, I'm not interested in what you don't have. <laughs> I'm here to tell you what you do have. And what you do have is more than enough to get the job done. What you do have. And so, you know, so Peter, they say we don't, we, money we don't have. Uh, but, but he says, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and Walk, the man leaps to his feet. Now we marvel at Peter and we think, wow, <laughs> amazing Peter. But what does Peter say in Ephesians Acts chapter 3, verse 12? He says, why do you stare at us? As if by our power or godliness, we made this man to walk. Peter said, nothing to do with us. Don't look at us. We don't have silver and gold, but we do have the power of God in us, and so do you. Stop looking at Peter. Stop looking at Paul. Stop looking at the apostles. Stop looking at the pastors, the leaders. Stop, stop looking at anyone else around you and start looking at yourself because you've got it in you. What I do have, what I do have, what you have. Are you getting it? We always want to marvel at everyone else. But when God looks down from heaven, guess what? He marvels at you. He looks at you and thinks, wow, what an amazing person. This is what I do have. We have more in us than we realize. This man discovers his cat in a shed. and made a huge mess. It's cowering in the corner. 
He said gently to the cat, he said, cat, come on out. Of course, the cat ignores him. So he looks around at the terrible mess the cat had made. And he starts to get angry about this. And so then he looks at the cat and he says, you cat, get out now. <laughs> of course, the cat scampers flat out. And then the Lord speaks to him at that moment. And God said to him this, I've given you real authority over sickness and Satan, and yet too often you act gently towards him. He said, rebuke him like you did the cat the second time, and he will flee from you. Amen. Some of you say, I haven't got a cat. Speak to the devil the way you speak to your kids sometimes. As I've been saying, since the preaching on the book of Acts, breakthroughs, I've been seeing more breakthroughs than I've seen in a long, long time. A while ago, I was praying for this very challenging situation. And we came along to a prayer meeting on a Thursday night. This is where you learn to develop spiritual muscle, folks. So I'm in this prayer meeting, and about 10 minutes on, and I'm finding myself just finding a, a, a spirit of praise on me. And so I'm just praising God and exalting him and lifting him up and magnifying his name. And then, you know, the people who was leading the slides, I felt sorry for them because I was gone. And for the next 40 minutes, I had the garment of praise. It's never happened in my life ever before that I can remember. For 40 minutes, I just, there was a spirit of praise within me. And I thought, wow, this is amazing. Of course, I was targeting this challenging situation. Well, all I can say, friends, is that the next day, I experienced a breakthrough that I can only say was a remarkable miracle of God. And I don't say that lightly, friends. God is starting to move, friends in this church in a powerful way. And we're st testimonies are starting to come and miracles are starting to happen more and more. Psalm 18 verse, I think it's three, it says, I call to the Lord who is worthy of praise and I've been saved from my, from my enemies. So I call upon the Lord who is worthy of praise. See, praise saves us from our enemies. So, you know, praise is more powerful in our lives than we realize. And it's not by chance that we start services with praise. Why? Not just to sing some songs, folks. It's to drive back the powers of darkness. It's to do spiritual warfare. It's to win battles in your life in Jesus' name. Now, you can come on a Sunday morning and sing some happy, clappy songs and nothing will happen. But if you press into God and you begin to target the enemy and you begin to understand the power of praise, friends, you will drive back the enemy. You will release miracles in your life in Jesus' name. So every time when we praise and we worship, it should be a moment of breakthrough. It should be a moment of power. It should be a moment of seeing God do amazing things in our lives. But the danger is we come with a religious mindset to sing a few songs, expecting nothing to happen, expecting no miracle, expecting no breakthrough, and guess what happens? <laughs> nothing. <laughs> Got to change this, folks. Got to change this. It's just being religious. And Church Unlimited is putting religion to the sword. We're dealing with that, a mighty blow. So we need to acknowledge what we have. I love Acts 10.38. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. He went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. Now listen, 
We look at Jesus and we, wow, amazing Jesus. God doing miracles. No, no. As fully man, as fully man, Jesus needed to be anointed with the Holy Spirit. I mean, you ask the question, why did he have to be anointed with the Holy Spirit? Because he was fully man, like you and like me. And by the anointing of the Spirit on him, he went around doing good and healing all who are oppressed of the devil. Guess what? The same Holy Spirit that came on Jesus as fully man has come on you. You can apply that verse in your own life. And I want you to do it right now. And so what you need to do is say, God anointed, Tarkbana, put your name in there with the Holy Spirit and power, went around doing good and healing all who are under the power of the devil. Friends, let's not keep looking. Let's focus on what I do have and what you do have and stop focusing on everyone else and what they might have and, the fact, and, and sort of almost negating what God has put in our own lives. Many Christians are afraid of the devil and of demons. Do you know why? Because they've got no idea of what they have. No idea of the power that they have within them. Mark 16, 70, take note of this. These signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons. Here's a question for you. Why was the first thing Jesus gave us authority to do, drive out demons? The first thing. Why would it be first? It's worth asking the question, eh? Why would, he, why would that be the number one thing Jesus says, I'm giving you power to drive out demons? I'll give you the answer. <laughs> Very obvious. Because demons are attacking you far more than you realize. In fact, a lot of the time. Now, I don't see demons under every chair and under every, you know, pulpit or platform. I don't. But I do know they're, they're real. And friends, so often we, you know, we feel down and out. We just think, oh, it's just me. Or we feel irritated. We think it's just me. We feel a bit discouraged. We think, it's just me. With problems in our marriage, we think, oh, it's just my, my you know, it's her. <laughs> you know? We have trouble with our kids. They're playing up more than normal. Friends, and we just make it a natural thing. And sometimes it is, but sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's spirits of the enemy, demonic spirits coming against you and attacking you and trying to do damage and, and destroy you. And I think one of the, the biggest things that are out there are lying spirits that lie to you about other people, especially your husband or your wife or your kids. They're lying spirits, friends. And unless we begin to learn to drive out demons in Jesus' name, we're going to live under the cloud of oppression. So I had this, I've had this revelation for many years, but just recently, as we're preaching on the power of God, I'm coming back to some of this stuff. So I began, I felt the Holy Spirit guide me and say, Tart, these couple of areas that you're noticing here, they're actually demons. And I thought, really? So I began to take my authority and I said, in the name of Jesus, you demon of this, be gone in the name of the Lord. Friends, I'm telling you, the change has been amazing. Amazing. I mean, I said, amazing. That thing afflicting you, folks, it's only a prayer away. It's only a driving out away. Now, I'm not saying everything's a demonic thing, but it's a lot more than you realize. And we're seeing the power of God at New Zealand and beyond. Here's one. I'm 25. I grew up in an atheist household. I suffered panic attacks. They'll be demonic spirits, partly. Not entirely, but partly. And depression. 
severe drinking, self-harming daily. I want to thank you for the incredible New Zealand Beyond Conference, I think this was a couple of years ago. I plan to come to conference, then take my life. Wow. Second night, I was on the front row of 11 to 30-year-olds. I bought my ticket for next year's conference. I'm filled with so much hope, fire, and love for Jesus. When the body of Christ comes together, there comes an increased dimension of God's presence and God's power, especially when there's a focus on unity and prayer together. Uh, 2 Timothy 1 verse 7, God's not given us a spirit of fear. There you go again, friends. A spirit, did you get that? A spirit of fear. But you have authority to drive out bad spirits. So you don't have to succumb to that, but of power, love, and of a sound mind. So we need never fear gathering in church or gathering at New Zealand and beyond because God, because of COVID and all the other stuff, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and of a sound mind. And you know, the enemy has done everything he can to shut down the church and, and, and stop us gathering and all the rest of it. But friends, uh, we know that the church can never be shut down. Uh, the church can never be locked down. Uh, and you know, when we gather at uh, New Zealand and beyond, I believe we're making a statement. We come without fear to the powers of darkness and we're saying to the enemy, the church cannot be stopped. The church cannot be shut down. The church of New Zealand is alive and well. We are taking ground. We are taking territory. We're taking back this nation in Jesus' name. So help us, God. We will not be stopped. We will not retreat in fear in Jesus' name. We will not take a back step. Every time you surrender to fear, friends, fear increases in your life. Don't back off to fear in Jesus' name. You know, fasting is another way of developing our, our authority and uh, seeing miracles. I'll give you another testimony. January 2020, a lady heard a New Zealand Beyond testimony. And uh, can I have the musicians sing? Come and join us, please. Give us some background here. I need a bit of amplification. Singers as well. Come on, team. All right. 2020, whole team, please. Uh, 2020, a lady heard a New Zealand Beyond testimony about a woman who had struggled to conceive a second child. So she did the 21 days of prayer and fasting. Uh, this other lady did, received a word at New Zealand Beyond that she would have another baby. She was soon pregnant. So the lady that heard this testimony is inspired because she was struggling to conceive and she had lost triplets at 20 weeks. It was just absolutely shattering. So she decided to do a Daniel fast for 21 days alongside what we were doing as Church Unlimited, heading to the last conference. The first week of the fast, she received a natural fertility supplement, but she felt not to take it and trust God. I don't think everyone has to do that, but she did. And she would pray during the day and at night kneel beside her bed. She often felt sad, afraid, but felt God was going to answer. 20th day of the fast, she got a word, I'm going to do a miracle for you. In a dream, she asked God, why do I have to go through this pain? The Lord replied, would you rather have it easy without growing deeper with me and seeing my glory? Or would you rather go through the pain and get to know me deeper? Well, she probably had no option to say, well, <laughs> I decided I wanted to know God more. 
Two weeks later, she was pregnant. And the baby was born the 12th of November last year. You watch the power of God increase exponentially in this place. Can I encourage you offline, in-house, join in this journey. We are going somewhere. And the end of the journey is that you personally, every one of you is going to minister in the almighty power of God, bring transformation and change to your world, your family, your workplace, your community, wherever God has placed you, because it's going to take all of us ministering God's almighty power to, to see this nation turn to Jesus and to see the people we want to reach one uh, for Him. It's an incredible journey that we are on, and I want us to join together and continue with us. So please do read a chapter a day. You know, what, what can I say? What, what can I say? You, you can easily miss this whole journey to the power of God by just coming occasionally to church, you know, reading the book of Acts or not reading it. And it's kind of like, I try and say this as kindly as I can. It's kind of like you miss the whole thing. And then everyone else around you starts moving in the power of God. And you say, well, God, what, what about me? You've got to come on the journey because the journey is building your faith. My faith. Oh, telling you, folks. I could tell you more miracles I've seen or breakthroughs. I haven't got time to go through them all today. But some other others are some. Well, but let me just give you some keys to authority. And releasing what you have. All right. Just listen carefully because this is important. There are only four simple things. Number one is obedience. Ephesians 4.27, do not give the devil a foothold. You can't walk in disobedience and have authority and power. Pastors, serious ulcer that wouldn't heal. Cried out to God and God spoke to him and said, you go and put that relationship right and I'll heal you. Put the relationship right, God healed them in Jesus' name. Obedience, friends. The Bible says, submit yourselves to God. Resist the devil, he'll flee from you. Don't forget to submit yourself to God. Secondly, you've got to be under authority. And secondly, you've got to be under authority. Well, no, before that, the Word of God and prayer. Matthew 4, when Jesus, when Satan attacked Jesus, he responded, it is written. So the two major weapons God has given us for to walk in authority are prayer and the Word. And you develop both daily. Your level of spiritual authority is proportional to the time you spend each day with God in prayer and in the Word. Full stop. Simple. You can know right now what your spiritual level of authority is because that's, that's the measurement because that's where you develop it. Number three, you've got to be under authority. Matthew 8, verse 9. I'm a man under authority, having soldiers under me. I said, to this one go, he goes to another come and he comes. My servant do this and he does it. Wouldn't it be nice to have people like that around? <laughs> My wife has me. <clears throat> <laughs> to have authority, you have to be under authority. You have to understand that principle, friends. You have to understand that principle of being under authority. Firstly, under the authority of God, under the authority of His Word, under the authority of, you know, your boss at work. You know, wherever, wherever people are that God has put over you, you've got to know how to be under authority because that's what gives you authority. <laughs> I mean, I felt God speak to me this very clearly some time ago. And basically said, the measure that you're under authority, you will have authority. 
And I thought, oh, wow, I can do that, Lord. Help me to do that. Number four, finally, fight with the promises of God. If you feel fearful, fight the enemy with Isaiah 41.10. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I'll help you. I'll uphold you with my righteous right hand. You feel too weak to fight? Fight with 2 Corinthians 12.9. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. You're under attack, Romans 8.31. If God be for us, who can be against us? Silver and gold I do not have, but what I have, I give unto you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk.